down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 138 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri, and I am joined by the crown, the crown prince of clowns himself. I tried to do the Joker thing. I messed it up. His name is Mike Porter. He's here to help me do the Harlequin's Codex retrospective. Hey, I don't always, I don't always, uh, you know, get it, get it in on the first go. Sometimes I hit the backboard. Sometimes there is a little bit of a net. Uh, Mike Porter, welcome to the show, mate. Welcome, mate. And I am very, very happy to be here. Love, love the show. So yeah, this is uh, definitely one, one ticked off the bucket list for me. Oh, fantastic. Lovely to hear. Lovely to hear this is something that you actually wanted to do. I'm not just waylaying people into giving me multiple hours of their time at uh, total expense. But anyway, welcome to the show, mate. I know you pretty much uh, mained, if not only, played Harlequins for the last, uh, what, this edition, I think? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think um, certainly since WTC, that is the only army I've played. Um, And I'd I'd like to think I know them inside out. I'm a kind of circus master, if you will. Nice. That's the, yeah, the, ring, the troop master himself. Anyway, um, we wanted to do, I wanted to complete my review of the Asuriani book. And naturally, about three weeks ago, I had the lovely Vic Vijay on for the Asuriani portion. And then I could think of no one better than he, a contemporary of his in the knife here meta, uh, Mr. Porter, to come on and do the Harlequins portion. So we're going to be doing our usual Codex retrospective uh, look over things. And it was funny enough, when, I, when it came about for me doing this, I was like, hey, I've got a Depticon next week. And naturally, I'm putting this in the pipe before I Depticon. And I was tapping in the side of my head i was like i feel like harlequins did a thing at adepticon <laughs> so and then you said some funny stuff when i said that to you when we first got on didn't you yeah yeah so so adepticon was um was about a year ago are we are we talking about the right time here legitimately a, this codex came out and made a gigantic splash exactly a year ago from when we we're recording this and how funny is that yeah, mate, yeah, it's uh, it, it's flown by, hasn't it? Um, ni- nice to get back to a bit of normality in that year as well, with being able to travel around, and do events and stuff. Um, and Harlequins have certainly been a big part of forty k, haven't they? Absolutely. So we're going to do our usual um, review portion. We're going to run through all the big portions of the book, giving our ticks and minuses, pluses, are they wins, are they losses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what was that first list you wrote? <laughs> like, you know, March 2022, mate. What does your first Harlequin list look like? Because it's oh, going to be extremely different to the one you're playing now. Yeah, so I, I, I will just build this all right. So, yeah, so we're still, we're still March 2022. Uh, and I'm at a Teams event with um, a lot of my good buddies from the, the England team. And we're all going out for a couple of drinks and the night before the first round. And, you know, we're just having a, um, you know, just chatting stuff. And, and all of a sudden, one of the lads pipes up and was like, hey, have you heard about this new Eldar book? Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's have a little look. Um, and they, they were talking about um, one particular data slate. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. It's like, how many points, you know, whatever. Um, they were like, okay, it's only 90 points. I was like, oh, my God, that is absolutely bonkers. And I literally, in the pub that night, ordered six and messaged a few friends and was like, right, I need to borrow as many of these as, we, as we've got. But, <laughs> so it was like, my- oh, this is, this is going to be great. Um, what is this? What is this erstwhile unit you speak of? Like, <laughs> well, surely, you, surely yeah. it's still a mainstay of the competitive Harlequins environment. Surely, <laughs> yeah. Well, we've we've only got a few data slates to uh, to play with those Harlequins players. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the rest of the list that I took to that um, that first event with them. Um, and there was a lovely chap called the Shadow Seer. There was a Troop Master. 
Um, I had five troops in these little transports called Star Weavers. I had a Death Jester, I had a Solitaire, and then I had nine Void Weavers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Man, these I, things are amazing. <laughs> so uh, before this book came out, I knew one guy who had two Void Weavers. <laughs> Yeah. I knew so many Eldar players, but I knew a total of one guy who owned a Void Weaver. Literally, no one else had built the kit. Everyone else has had the transports. <laughs> the the I, I just love the idea of everyone going back through their try going through their sprue, sprue piles, trying to find <laughs> the guns to try and stick on the back of the stupid little clown cars. It was just hilarious. Yeah, please, please tell me I kept those sprues. Yeah, like, like, no, <laughs> nobody did. Nobody did. Uh, um, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and then it was like desperate looking through all your other sprues and think what could count as one exactly. of those little cannons. What, what? Well, that's the thing. That's also the thing, right? No one knows what it looks like. So you could just stick <laughs> some random crap on a turret and probably get away really? with it, right? Yeah, space um, missile launcher. That's about right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, yeah, I saw a mate who did um, Dark Reaper, the front of the Dark Reaper guns, because he had a bunch of Tempest launchers. Um, and so he put, the, he put the, the, the Eldari missile launcher on the front. I'm like, oh, it actually looks kind of similar um, wow. when you thought about it. But anyway. To the review, for those of you who do not know, this is a two-part podcast. The first part will come out lovingly of To Your Dulcet Ears uh, the weekend after Adepticon at 5 a.m. in the morning, which is curated by myself and Seamus Ronan. The second part can only be found over on Patreon. That is uh, at the Art of War Down Under over on Patreon, where you can sign up for this podcast to get an amazing, amazing budding Patreon community uh, and Discord community as well. And now it is time for Mike Porter to plug anything he'd like. Yeah, so um, obviously part of uh, Team England's um um, representing WTC again this year. Um, I'm part of the Vanguard Tactics uh, team setup, so they've got a, f- a wonderful setup there for sort of mm-hmm. new and existing players to come and, and, and join. It's a lovely group of guys um, playing the hobby in the right way, um, looking to sort of improve people as players. Um, so, so yeah, I do I do as little as possible as, as sort of coaching and things um so it, it's mainly just sort of affiliations with with those two teams fair enough all right on to the review the first dot point of which we may have already covered but mike feel free to extrapolate upon your first impressions of this harlequin's codex kind of the first time you went cover to cover on the harlequin portions and what were your thought what were your thoughts or your hot takes yeah, so I mean, I'd, I'd played sort of Eldar and Harlequins before then, um, and mm-hmm. the general play style of, of the list is is one that sort of lends itself to, to what I enjoy in a game. You know, there's great movement; it hits hard. Yep. It's it's sort of very unforgiving in a lot of ways, um, but also very rewarding as a play style. Uh, I feel like it rewards high player skill level, um, mm. plays the mission incredibly well. So. So that's kind of like the general um, feel of the army, which which kind of its traits and things. But when the codex dropped, I mean, there was obviously the the standout co- uh, data slate with the with the Void Weaver, um, and it was just so incredibly strong. It was very much a case of right, I need to get as many of these in as possible. And then how do you kind of build around it? How do you have all the little elements of the list to go and play the mission to sort of uh, complement what the Void Weavers maybe don't do so well. Um, and it was then, you know, it was looking at the the transport and the troops and the characters, and you start to think these guys can do pretty much anything you want them to do, mm-hmm. um, and they've they've got an answer to pretty much any problem that there might be in a game. Be it I need to be somewhere in particular on the board, be it I've got a um, you know a high number of um, models I need to take out, or a small number of high quality models I need to take. Yeah. Out. 
they, they just seem to have answers to absolutely everything. So it was great feeling like no matter what I was up against, you kind of had, you had yeah. the answer. You could play the game. And it was an amazing thing for them to have accomplished with so few data sheets, right? Because I think they are the fewest data sheets of any faction in the game. Well, any faction that can field an army in and of itself, you know, like you can't build like Aeronautica Imperialis and crap doesn't make its own faction. It doesn't make its own, uh, you know, Arcs of Omen detachment. But these are the least, you, you work with the least amount of data sheets, but you seem to be able to do so freaking much with so many of them. I think yeah. it's been a, a great testament to the Yeah, it's really, really well done. And and also, I suppose in that way, it, it makes it a really difficult army to balance. Um, exactly right. Too, yeah. too good, it's, it's nowhere near good enough. That's, that has been the tale for Harlequins since I've known, since I've known about them, since they've existed as their own codex. They've either been absolutely bonkers or they've been very, very forgettable. But where are they at right now? So what are your impressions of them in the Arcs of Omen uh, landscape? Okay, so I, I've had a roller coaster of a ride over the last uh, sort of four weeks or so since Arcs dropped. I went from being really sort of down and, oh, they're, they're absolutely terrible, to then hearing a few different things had come back. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's a little bit we can do here. To now where I'm very much, mm, I'm, I'm a bit down on them, to be honest with you. I think that that balancing has just gone a little bit too far the other the way. The other way, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and it's going to be really, so for the people at home, um, we were talking about this before we started recording, and it's going to be, this is going to be one of the hardest retrospectives we do because there are so many times where this uh, book has been altered where Harlequins have been changed dramatically. Like there's been very few small incremental changes to them. And I suppose that goes back to them being a very hard thing to balance with so many, so, so few data sheets to really kind of make some granularity to them, either being whacked way too hard or not hard enough, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, It's like like GW when they, when they bring out a date, it's like they've, they've kind hmm. of got a quick list of, you know, balance the game, get everything right, da, 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 and then there's a, like a little box at the bottom where you must change Harlequins. <laughs> Something has to happen to them. Yeah. Well, I feel like Harlequins are like in this. It's Harlequins and Knights should be in the same pile because they they represent the same kind of issues in the balancing balancing things. Um, whereas you're a, a toughness three army but should you be should harlequins with their rules be pointed as a horde army they are absolutely busted but so the same thing with knights they're a vehicle army and should they be priced too low they become absolutely busted so they need to be priced high but then they can be priced so high that they're unplayable um but jumping into these sections of the book i genuinely i generally agree with you i think that one of the weird things that Harlequins was able to do when they first come out was they had that ability to stat check people out of play, out of being able to play. They became non-interactive because they had such good stats for whatever reasons. Um, and by stats, I mean everything from, you know, minuses to hit, minuses to wound, um, minuses to range, um, lightning fast reactions, four plus involves, innumerable re-roll, re-rollable saves as well. They'd be able to just be like, sorry, your none of your stuff works. Almost akin to where Tyrannies were when they first came out as well. They just kind of, their stats and their rules just kind of stopped you being able to play the game. Um, where are they at right now with that? Because they still, they, they got given a lot of the jank back in the most recent data slate, but they lost a literal chunk of their durability. Yeah, so, so just to go, go back a little bit, um, if, if you look at that sort of initial journey, it was clear that they thought, right, listen, we've got this really nice army that you can do a mm. lot with that's really fun to play in certain phases of the game, particularly movement, um, and has potential for a lot of tricks and things. But it's also essentially a fragile army. And, mm. and it's almost like when they originally wrote the rules for them, they went, well, we need to completely make them so that they are not fragile anymore. Yeah. Um, 
and we need you know we need all the things that you mentioned there with the invulnerable saves the, the ability to access lots of re-rolls and things they they became too durable mm. um and then they kind of tried to balance that by just removing a couple of durability things tweaking the point so that there was there was less of them and, and whatnot but they, they kind of didn't do too much of their durability until it was clear that, hang on a minute, even though we've given them six to nine months of, of data, they are still too durable for what they do. Mm. And in the latest um, update, they they removed a huge portion of that durability, which which is the core of the army is. It's got a four plus invulnerable save. It, it always has been. It's always been the core save, of the yeah. army. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't have another save or it has a, mm. a, a paltry arm save on a few things. But it doesn't have that arm save, and it's like they were saying, right? We're going to we're going to take that away, or we're going to reduce it by fifty percent, which is essentially what they've done. But we're going to give you these other little tricks back to try and help with that durability by with, with the mirror architect and mm. um, and other things. But it but then they also didn't give the points back. So I yeah. think they've given the points back and and removed the durability with the five percent one. Then then you kind of get into a balanced state, whereas now we're just less with things that die really easily mm-hmm. um, and it's it's hard to withstand you know the current meta everything's been getting more and more killy hasn't it yeah everything kills everything so, and, and then you were you were able to just walk that tightrope haha <laughs> it's circus reference um of, of of staying alive if you really needed to you could you know use a bunch of strategies use a bunch of luck dice that's the other thing as well by nerfing the the invuln save they essentially nerf the crap out of the luck dice because you you're so less likely to reroll a five up than a six up and so less likely to make that successful as well like the luck dice almost got hit harder than the invuln did um because the usability of that mechanic just just fell out the ass anyway let us jump into sorry unless you want to speak to that point yeah well just uh, you know going back to when they first came out you i think you got was it an automatic four luck dice and then yeah, it was kind of nuts so you had all these like this, this sort of you know this little bank of um you know reliability and then they re- they've removed all of that as well as as doing the other thing so mm. yeah never heard of it <laughs> so jump in First time Harlequins are mentioned in this book is traveling players, and all this does not relate directly to Harlequins being used as their own army. I did want to give you a chance to speak to it if you think it's something that's relevant in the current meta, and do you think it's a good rule? So I really like it. Um, you know, if you look at my WTC list, um, I, I tried to take advantage of, of something similar to that. Um, ended mm. up going a little bit too skewed towards the, the Harlequins. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I just like it. You know, I mean, they, they are the whole uh, background to, to Harlequins is they just turn up, they yeah. do a cool little dance, they kill some stuff, they do, they're, they're, they're kind of doing their own thing, aren't they? Mm. So I think the ability just to slot them into an Eldar, a Dark Eldar list, I think is really nice. How much, yeah. how much it had on the game, um, impact on the game back then, I don't know. I think now it's really relevant. I think you, you're looking at your strongest Eldar builds and you would, you would definitely want to see the, the, the good elements of Harlequins um, bolted on. Um, so it, mm. it's a nice little touch. It's a nice little flavorful touch. Um, and if you're into the fluff, you, you kind of want to see those things. So I really like it. Yeah, I really like it too. I think it's one of the best worded and best, most flexible and still thematic um, ways that they've incorporated an army with another army in this edition. So jumping to the true start of the review, we're going to be starting on page 96. For those at home, want to... Um, come along with us on the ride this is the detachment abilities and the sadists 
these things have changed dramatically. I think is Twilight the only one that's exactly the same as written in this book? Dark, which was which is fight and death. Dark is fight and death, isn't it? Correct. So dark yes. is completely Twilight gutted. Twilight has stayed the same. Yes. Yeah. The other two have gone through numerous alterations. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about light. And so on release, these were busted. Light with light was broken. Light was the possibly the, the most or second most second best sub faction we'd ever seen in the game. They were straight up insane because um, it was trans hitman, yeah, and it was uh, a, a, you advance in the counter stationary, right? Yeah, and the the trans hitman obviously was eighteen inches, but then with the the mirror architect which you had at the time, um, we, was then sort of counted that to, as twelve inches. So anything yeah. that wanted to shoot you reliably, be it a custodes guy in on a two or an orc in on a five, doesn't had matter. To get within twelve inches of you to mm-hmm. sort of ignore that. And it just made such such a difference, um, and, and you know, trans him, and no, and also the fact that most of the things that you're going to be able to shoot, you can't re-roll to hit against as well. Correct. It's like yeah, half correct. of your shots are missing, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can do about it exactly right. Whereas Dark was fight on death. Now we have seen that G Dub learned very quickly that this is a busted mechanic to have in the game. Um, the because it just it neuters any interrupts and neuters any fights last. It takes so many pieces of tech that other armies need or want to have and just makes them invalid. And so we saw this. This was one of the quickest changes because this changed at the same time that light had changed, almost foreshadowing that dark was also going to be a problem if they left it unnerfed. Right? Yeah, I think yeah that that initial nerf to light was um was a bit of a sort of mini hit, but they, they mm. did they obviously looked at it and thought, hang on a minute, we've you know we've messed up a few things here um and we need to sort of scroll it back a little bit the, the fight on death i didn't mind too much either because mm. it's kind of like you know harlequins it's not like they're a big sort of three wounds two up yeah. space marine kind of guy who, who sat in cover and it's hard to remove harlequins go in do the stuff and die anyway by shooting mm. probably so the fact that they get to just do a little bit of extra punching i quite liked that um but again it, it just feels bad doesn't it you know you you're, yeah. you're playing against Harlequin, just throwing a unit in and you kill it and then it just goes, oh, yeah, you're instantly dead. You're that, instantly dead was, too. It was the feel-bad thing, I think, more than like, mm. that sort of game balance. So overall, what are your impressions of the sadists um, as they sit? Because I think they, uh, like even now, I think Twilight and Light are both still quite good. Dark is absolutely deleted from the my lexicon of brain because it does nothing. <laughs> um, but overall, I think the sadists are still quite good. I think they, they bring quite interesting things to the to the army, and I think it's actually a discussion at the moment which one's better. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, something that we'll probably touch on a few times is what, one thing I like about Harlequins is the, the, anything that the meta throws at them, well, certainly up until this point, they've kind of had an answer to. Mm. And I think each of those different Sadeths have an answer to a particular problem. So yeah. when Armor of Contempt was a big issue um, with, with Thousand Suns Terminators and, and the like, all of a sudden Dark was actually quite an interesting mm. one, not for the fight on death, but for that extra AP. AP, yep. Uh, when the flamers were everywhere, they had the ability to turn off Overwatch with a strat. So that, that was really nice. When, when it was a heavy shooting meta, or even in the current shooting meta, You've got light, you know, they, mm-hmm. they can still do the trans hitman. Yep. And then if you just need to, you know, if horde becomes an issue or if if you're building for a team's list or whatever, then all of a sudden the the extra attack uh, on mm. certain um, things plus the, the the brilliant relics, which I'm sure we'll touch on. So, that, so I really like them actually because normally in a book, like I, I love playing Thousand Suns, you look through the different um, chapter tactics there and you basically don't look at 80% of them. 
you look at one or possibly two, the Harlequins. Yeah. But actually, all you can kind of see where they could all fit in. So I think they actually did that quite nicely. I think they did it really well. Um, and I, I do think, like, so um, I just played at an event on the weekend that was using Games Workshop terrain and contemplating what a Twilight Harlequin list could do on that density of terrain was kind of like mind bending um, to think that they just have that extra wrinkle. They can switch over, they can change from the light from the DACA to just being a merely brawler, trading, brutal, Blood Angels esque build yeah. at times. It's really quite kind of nice. But anyway, I think that's an absolute tick for the book, and I think it still is. Um, so moving into the stratagems, mate, what are your impressions of the stratagems? And give us a couple of your, your go-tos. Uh, Trixie. Trixie, Trixie, yep. Trixie. Absolutely what. Everything that I look for in stratagems, things that you you, you don't quite base an army around, you just use mm-hmm. in certain situations. And, and once you get to know that army, you you know, you know can use them in the right, the right way. The ability to just go in, fight something, jump back into a transport mm. is I absolutely love, um, absolutely love that. Uh, and then you've got the, the the three stratagems that are linked to the different combat weapons, which I think is a really nice way to play. Yeah, upgrades um, sort of combat weapons and units. So you've got the you can cause mortal wounds when you charge. Mm-hmm. You've got the cause mortal wounds on a six um, to wound in combat, uh, and then you've also got you know brilliantly. I'm going to turn off your vulnerable save as well. Uh, and and that's yeah. costed really nicely as well. I think two CP for turn off inbuns is absolutely bob on, and the one for the other two, which are you know you're still rolling dice, aren't you? And uh, it's it's kind of hit and miss. I think is is a really nice sort of little flavor, and, and it allows you to build your little troop units to to do certain jobs, depending on what you want them to do. Yeah, exactly right. You could always take the the sprinkle approach of having one or two units in every sorry uh, one of each in in every squad, or you can just take squads that are fit for purpose i think it's i think it's really cool and they did a really good job with the strats um when you are playing a harlequins list or building it mate how many cp do you need to start with and why that many like what what are you accounting for to use every game well so when when the you know the codex first dropped we were back in the start with loads and loads of cps it was like you know as many as you want almost so you could kind of burn through them towards the current edition when you started to you know those CP were reduced and you only started with two or three, mm. then you'd be like, right, I definitely want fall back in the boat almost every turn with that troop master. Yep. Um, I also want the ability, depending on matchup as well, to go either extra damage with combat, um, you know, tweak my, my combat weapons and things um, like, like we've discussed. So I'd always want sort of one per turn to do mm. a, a certain thing. And then I'd want to sort of build up to, to three or four um, for, for a big go turn where I wanted something big to be done, a, a key unit to be removed or, um, you know, a certain unit to be in a certain place. Those those, those were the sort of the key elements I was mm. thinking of with, with strategies. And then, of course, like Phantasm as well, just being the cherry on top. Phantasm was great, yeah. I mean, I, I was at the stage where I was only starting with one, but the number of games where I just thought, oh, God, Phantasm would be yeah. right now. Um, so yeah, two two is your ideal number, but there's mm. so many brilliant relics and warlord traits which we'll come to. So it's it's a real fine balance. Yeah, and I, I think we'll get to a reason why you don't have any CP when we get later into the warlord traits and relics because they are legitimately worth considering. Um, jumping down into the so I think overall the stratagems are fantastic. I think they're they're a very very good part of the book, and they still are. They haven't really taken any knocks or, or nerfs. The only reasons they would have gotten worse is because the units. Uh, prices have changed 
or whatever. Um, jumping into the pivotal roles as our next section. Now, this is an interesting one because there are some absolute freaking bangers in here. Yeah. So you've got you've got your core characters, haven't you, with uh, with Harlequins? You've got mm. kind of like you've got two combat characters with the troop master and the solitaire. Yep. You've got your psychic character, and then you've got your assassin character, mm. and and each one of them has. A, a range of, of extra abilities you can kind of pile on to them, some of which just affect that model, some of which affect your whole army in, in a way, and some just those models around them. Um, yeah. but, but they're all, you know, while some are absolute standout ballers, um, they're all quite interesting um, mm. and I can kind of see a purpose for them. Well, there's yeah, there's a couple that are coming to the fore right now, notably the ones with the Death Jesters, with uh, them coming back to the fore. What's your preference here? I know there's um, Crystal Bones was what was taken the majority um, of the time I've been paying attention, but things have slightly changed lately, and there's uh, some harvesting and some rift ghouling going on. Uh, yeah, so let, let's go. Let's start with that Death Jester then, because he's probably the most interesting of of, of them all. So he's got um, obviously a, a turn. Um, um, any any dice to, of, of six to hit uh, with mm. his sniper weapon counts as three extra hits, which ties in nicely with with a warlord trait you can take. Um, so that's really really good for sniping out characters. As you know, any kind of imperial guard, even sort of non primary space marine character or, yep. or Xenos character, is in is got to got to hide from this guy. Um, he's incredibly good with that exploding sixes. But then there's there's also um, the the no Overwatch guy. A lot a lot of people miss the fact that it was also minus two movement. Exactly right. So you know you look at the meta at the moment where you've got the Deathwing Terminators that are completely dominating everything mm-hmm. and are unkillable. All of a sudden, if those things are moving three inches, you're playing an army that's incredibly fast and plays the mission oh, really well. And and then you add an extra. Are you maybe playing on? Um, play a place terrain and you put a forest on a point of, of the board that they have to move through to get to the middle objective or something. Yeah. Congratulations, you move one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> one inch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let me get my measuring stick out right oh, there. Look, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just think there's so much utility, especially ju- just the Death Jester brings so much utility. Um, Rift School is ignores cover and fours uh, inflict a mortal wound. In addition, that guy, it's arguable. So I thought that guy was good for a while, but I think Harvester of Torment plus the Waller Trade is just way better, right? Yeah, I think he's, he's the standout now that they've brought that back in. Um, so you, you can just flip it to a six. On, on a hit roll, it, it's yeah. I think he's definitely the standout, and they've pointed it pretty well now as well. I think he's yeah. thirty odd points as opposed to what whatever he was initially, but it, but it, it's a fair price to pay for him. Exactly um, right. And and he, yeah, and he and he makes the whole game different because everybody's characters has to move differently because mm. they can't come out. You know, all those thousand sun sorcerers that yes. are running around causing havoc now. You know, those guys. You know, I know they're not around anymore, but. Things like that. Exactly right. Um, now for the others. Um, so encapsulating the troop. I haven't seen many on the troop masters. Usually veiled kin for the always wound on twos. Is there only other only one I've really seen? Queen of Shards is not too bad. Um, yeah, I, I always ran Queen, Queen of Shards. Um, mm-hmm. Just that that sort of turn up uh, turn off invulnerable saves. I, I always really liked. Uh, he's only AP two, so it doesn't come in a massive amount in with a lot of matchups. But if you're building for teams or specific things. He's actually turning off that inborn for any kind of Eldar mirror. Um, it, it's, That's it's terrifying. 
Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Absolutely um, brilliant. And obviously he re-rolls the wounds and stuff. And then the 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 always wound on twos, if you've got that yeah. guy from the from the twilight um who's just getting a million attacks and he's just wounded on twos, he's just he slices through so many things. Yeah, totally agree. Um solitaire wise, what's your what's your pick there? And then what's your pick for the Shadow Sears? So yeah, so the Solitaire, he's he's like my favourite model in the game. I just love him. Um I try and get him into every list, rightly or wrongly. Um but he's <laughs> He's got a really nice one, which I think has got a bit of relevance at the moment, which is uh, Printer Sins, which mm-hmm. means he's minus one to hit, um, which he isn't normally. Um, yep. He is in combat, but you can't reroll to hit against him. So all I like sudden, that. It's certain, certain, you know, you imagine an Imperial Guard gun line. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, I'm, I'm blitzing in there. I am going to go and, and hit you in combat, kill whatever I hit, as long as it's infantry. And then you can kind of tag something else. He's incredibly hard to remove. And the fact that when you try yes. and fall back, whatever it is, probably six inches, if it's, let's say, a mortar team, and you can follow your six inches with the strategy, mm-hmm. you are not getting rid of him. You know, you, he's, he's just staying there on his three-minute save with, mm-hmm. with a, another strat. He, I, I really like that. And the fact, you, if you make him as hard to kill as possible, once he's in there, for some armies, they can't deal with him. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the solitaire. I think the solitaire is a great pick at the moment, especially with all the gun, like you said, with all the gun lines around. I think it's a very, very annoying character to, to remove. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> played Sean Aiden at a WTC, and uh, he essentially tabled me with one solitaire who I couldn't kill. I shot at that guy first <laughs> rank, second sure. ranking, dude. First rank, second ranking, twenty um, conscripts into him, four times couldn't kill him. Wow. That's four times. That's fighting him in combat as well, like charging him with characters with power fists, all sorts of stuff. Just wouldn't fail a three up that day. Yeah. Well, I I, I remember um, in the Orc, oh, the Orc buggy meta, I think they might have been, the, they might have had the first nerf, but he just charged into an Orc line and the buggies were like, cool, I'm plus one to hit. I said, well, he's minus one to hit and I'm going to lightning fast him as well. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. All of a sudden, minus. he's six to hit. You can't reroll to yeah. hit against him and you just, you just bounce off that three plus symbol. So. Totally agree. Yeah, it's cool. It. What's the uh, Shadow Seer pick? Oh, um, yeah, so he's he's <laughs> yeah. he's got he's got the mirror, uh, the mirror architect back, which reduces the range of everything around him by six inches. Mm-hmm. And now affects it now affects, it now affects uh, vehicles again, which is what it lost. Yeah, which 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 is your whole army except for the solitaire um, gets minus six inches. So that can cause some quite funny things where your solitaire is actually able to be shot. Even though he's behind a Star Weaver, for example. Um, so yeah, so he he's really good. He again, he's something that just affects your whole army. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. sort of local thing. Um, but you know, minus six inches for a lot of lists is really tough to deal with, and yeah. it forces everybody to get a little bit closer. If, if you're a twenty-four inch range army, and you want to get within eighteen inches of the Harlequins, even now with you know the like paper bags, aren't they? But you're closer, and then they can hit you where they where they want to hit you. So that is that is a big thing. But again, sixty points. You know, when it first came out, I think it was twenty or twenty five. Yeah. Probably. Now it's pointed, and you've got to think about it. You know, that's nearly another unit of troops. It's not far off another yeah. Star Weaver. It's it's mm-hmm. something else you've got to sacrifice to take it, but definitely worth it. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. It's absolutely worth it. I would like I like to give an honorable mention to the other two because the other two are actually quite good in the meta for different reasons. Um, Gloom Spider is awesome for turning off Feel No Pain on Deathwing Terminators. 
especially if someone brings Lazarus as well, and they have a five up, feel no pain against mortal wounds. Gloom Spider picks her in the command phase, pick an enemy unit within 12 to the start of next command phase, can't benefit from aura ability. So you just go in there and your damage is just your damage, which is nice. And the other one is enemy units within six are minus one attack. Also, Deathwing Terminator is taking him to one attack apiece in an ongoing combat is pretty, pretty nice. Beautiful. And if they've put that little banner guy for minus one damage on them, is that is that an aura or is that a... No, nah, that that's a command phase. That's a pick, pick a unit. Damn it. Curse yeah. them. That's, I know. Curse their, their <laughs> super OP socks. Um, but I think pivotal roles are fantastic, and I, I believe you do too. So moving on to the secondaries, because like like the Assyriani book, this is a wonky formatted book, and the secondaries are in the middle of the, of the sections. Uh, all right, mate, what are your thoughts on these? Because for a time, these were nuts, possibly you know up there with like the best four or five armies secondary-wise. Yeah, so... Again, really nice flavorful, first of all. Whoever wrote these rules obviously wanted Harlequins to have secondaries to reflect the playstyle and, and the background law. So absolutely, you know, props to them. But they, they are incredibly strong. Um they're they're very easy to score because a lot of them require you to be in certain parts of the battlefield. And your whole army is based around being everywhere wherever you want it to be. Um, so you've got um you've you've got one which which has got four different um sort of choices to, to fulfill which which are basically kill things in different phases, be in certain parts of the board or take objectives. And if you achieve two of those, then you get three points. Also not in the same category as Battlefield Supremacy. Supremacy. Um so yeah. you can you can tie it in nicely with behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. You're almost getting well, certainly when I was playing it, um uh, sort of just after WCC, you get six points. You get like one thing in your enemy's deployment zone, and that would be six points. It's wild, and it's wild now that if it's the Harlequin troop, you get a CP as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they, they've tweaked it slightly, so it's got to be um, it's got to be a troop unit, hasn't it, or a yeah, mm. troop battlefield role um, for the for the behind enemy lines element of it, or being your enemy's deployment zone. But the other bits are still the same. You know, you've still got to go and kill stuff. You've still got to go and take objectives. So you're kind of doing those secondaries naturally. Um, so they're, they're incredibly strong. And the, the psychic one, which is essentially uh, mental interrogation, but any yeah. unit um, on the board within 18 inches is crazy good as well. Really good. I mean, the last one's not bad as well. It's just com- It's just competing with... Probably the best Harlequin secondary overall, which is behind enemy lines, because you just have all the ability in the world to go and get it at your at your leisure, which yeah, is exactly. taking places, right? Yeah, exactly. Which um, you know, you, I didn't like that one because it, what what I didn't like to do was have to be in too many places at once because exactly generally, right. whenever wherever you you were, you were probably going to die. So it was just lovely just to have one thing get my points. Whereas with that, take your places, it was two or even three things in places you didn't want. So. But again, a lovely thematic secondary, which, um, you know, the list could easily have played well into it. Just there was just better ones out there. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so overall, I think they're extremely good. I still, they are, they are still extremely good, um, especially now. Best, they're best in the game. I don't think no, the they're the best in the game. Orcs and World Eaters, I think, are the two best in the game at the moment. But they're good, equal. I think they're on par with Necrons now. I think Necrons were a little bit better before. Yeah, now yeah. I think now I think they're on par with Necrons in that, like, just below the stupid, crazy, uh, try and stop me getting 45 tier that Orcs and World Eaters are at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. We're up to the Relic section. Break us down. What are your go-to Relics? 
Oh, cigarettes rose. Um, of course. Yeah. Oh, geez. Combat, combat weapon, that's um, minus two, damage three, which, mm-hmm. you know, hurrah. I, dude, as um, soon as Armour Contempt went away, I was like, that guy's terrifying again. That guy's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, damage three is, is, is so good. Um, and he rolls to wounds with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's fantastic. There's a relic for um, extra range on your um, aura abilities, which yep. could be faction specific. Um, we say the specific one, but but it basically all all those mirror architect things that we were talking about. Um, those nice little auras are now nine inches as opposed to six inches. Um, so they're really good. There's not a lot of great ones in that relic section, to be honest with you, other than two more, which I do just want to touch on. Um, there's the uh, suit of hidden knives, um, yep. which which is really nice because as soon as you've finished fighting with a character, you you roll some dice, three dice, and you you can do some extra more, more wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, which which again ties in nicely with the rift ghoul um, upgrade for the death jester. So he, this guy goes in, he's got four or five attacks, um, and any any hits on a four plus, he then causes more, more wounds, and then he's yep. got this thing. Um, for extra mortals, which which is nice, and then probably I'm going to put it out there right now. Now that the the Tyranids have, have got their nerf, the best combat weapon in the game, the Twilight Fang. Yeah. Um, which again, it's side specific, but you know you get uh, it's neg three damage two with a strat, you can go up to damage three, mm-hmm. um, and then you get the extra attacks based on the turn number. Turn so number. This so. guy is like, wow. He, he gets extra attacks with being Twilight anyway. Um, exactly. He can go in easily, turn sort of three. He's getting nine, ten attacks. and he just It's so like, good, dude. Yeah. So cool. Wound twos. Um, and then he goes and does it. He picks a squad up and he jumps back into his boat. Um, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely glorious. But, but that, that, that sort of combo sums harlequins up for me perfectly it does it's like this guy's going there he's killing that and then you've never seen him again well that's the thing it's just you just have to build a battle plan that involves taking never trading you never want to trade just take yeah yeah that's that's the dream right yeah, but it, there are still some other bangers in here. I mean, Star Mist Rainment, each time the attack is made against the bearer, you cannot re-roll a hit roll or the rune roll, and then once per battle you can have a three-up invuln. That is not bad, but it's just not what you're there to do. Like, if you are getting hit back, you've already failed one of the tests. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> something's already gone awry. Um, so I do like that one quite a bit also. But overall, I think the Relic section is uh, middling. It's it's middling for compared to the other sections. It's obviously a little bit behind on the but compared to the stratagems and the sadists. It's not it's not bad though. It's yeah. It's it's, it's a solid seven out of ten with mm. with some some nine out of ten, ten out of ten contenders. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Harlequin Waller traits, which there are only three of. Now, this did annoy me when it first came out because I was like, "Why would you? Why can't you just write six? What's what's the big deal? <laughs> um, it's a fully fledged." faction they're not a sub faction they're a fully fledged faction that you can build a whole army of so why you know crude gets three right and harley quinn's ain't harley quinn's ain't crude you know so yeah it was a bit annoying but they're still they're not too bad yeah i mean the, the standout is the the foot in the future is near you just add six inches to a charge roll um which is ah oh, wow but then the, the side death ones as well you know you've got the um the light um warlord trait which you, you kind of do get six don't you but um, you can only take a maximum of four, I guess. Um, but the, the, I, I like the light one, um, you know, the extra strength and attack um, and the six-inch heroic for free, even though there's a strat for six-inch heroic. 
uh, on infantry anyway. I think that the fact that you've just got that on a character makes a big, big difference. Um, sitting on an objective and he's just, you know, okay, you want to you get on that objective, you're getting heroic. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and you were talking about before the uh, favour of Kegarak being the one for the Death Jester, which is once per turn when you make a hit roll, wound roll, or save roll. Um, after making the roll, you can switch uh, one of the dice to a six, which really pops off when your sixes become three hits. Yeah, yeah, which, um, you know, there's different ways of playing that. I hope people are playing it properly with the slow roll inside of things. Um, mm. But, yeah, just, you know, flip, flip a dice to a six when it's going to be an extra three hits is great. And when that six yeah. pops up on your first two dice rolls, you know it's golden. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, you just like you've one of your first two dice is a six, and you're like, well, last one's a six too. We're popping off. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I think the wall of traits are kind of the same as the relics. They're middling, not awful. Yeah, I agree. Um, but only because there's only three of it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, psychic disciplines, phasmancy discipline. This is a good discipline. It's great. Yeah, uh, this is probably one area of the codex I've not explored as as, as deeply as I would have liked. Well. Um, this is this is exactly right. When your psyker is holding down your most pivotal defensive buff, uh, being both the minuses to wound and the minus to range, and you're taking a psychic secondary, that guy does not get to do much else, does he? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, you, you've got a strat to to sort of play an additional power after you've done a psychic action, which is lovely. But the, the psychic powers kind of you know complement the list really nicely. Mm. You've got extra movement. You've got extra durability ones with a six plus feel no pain. Yep, yep. Um, you've got the ability to make a unit untargetable unless it's the closest, which, again, there's so much you can do with that with the mirror architect and things. Uh, and then you've got a few damage spells as well w- with what is probably my favourite damage spell in the game or certainly the one that I've had the most uh, use out of, which is the uh, Mirror of Minds, you know. The- yep. 18 inches, you don't have to see what you're casting that psychic power on. You're just going to start doing mortal wounds. It can reliably kill small characters um, and just chip away at units and things. Um, And then you've got your shards of light, which which reduces leadership as well as doing mortal wounds. And then that complements the the phantasm um, that the Shadow Sea has got. So all of a sudden your list can put out a ton of mortal wounds. Mm. Um, for what is only really two models doing it in most lots. Yeah, yep. I, I don't think – I'm trying to think what the sixth power is. So there's probably one bad one in there, but there's five good out of six, yeah. um, which, you know, absolutely brilliant. And they're all different as well, you know. They, they all feel like they do their own unique thing. Yeah, I feel like they're actually really well, well-rounded. well It's just kind of weird that this is, the th- it, this is a really good discipline, but it's the third best one in this book because Battle and, <laughs> and Fate are both in here. But this is a phenomenally good one. It, 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 like you said, it ties into what you want to be doing anyway. It's got a good sprinkle of mortal wounds, a, some good debuffs, and like one supercharged blessing. Well, two, two decent blessings. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great one. And I, th- I think it's an absolute tick, absolute win. Uh, next up, next up, what have we got? We have the data sheet abilities. Now, this is going to be a headache because a lot of this is not what it was in this in this book. Where do you want to, you want to start with the luck of the laughing god? So, on release, um, you were guaranteed three dice, three luck re rolls. What are you guaranteed now? So, you are guaranteed nothing. <laughs> yeah, there you go, big fat zero. Um, you can Honey roll. Has. Yeah, you roll up to six dice. If you roll any doubles, you ain't getting anything. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, most people, 
I've always seen, I've always played. You're all two dice, and Correct. most of the time, uh, unless it's obviously that crucial turn in a crucial game, um, you won't roll a double. Um, but yeah, so you, you essentially getting two free rerolls per turn, which which is lovely. But it yeah. used to be you were getting three minimum, and then you were getting an additional two. Um, there's obviously Twilight, which has a nice little bit of jank with one of the Warlord traits. You, you just roll four. And even if you just roll four, you get a CP anyway. So yes, um, which, which which is nice. And and every now and then that little golden turn, you get four <laughs> dice rolls, and it's like yes, popping off. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it, boys. Um, I I genuinely like most of the other things here. Harlequin's Monopoly is the thing that they've always had. This says that everything has a four plus invulnerable save. That is now a five plus invulnerable save. And this is the flip belts, all that jank. Then you have Rising Crescendo, which is the declare the charges and shoot and stuff on the turns which you've charged and fell back and all those things. And then you have Luck of the Laughing God, which is their mono faction bonus here. That's what you get for being pure Harlequins. And it's essentially kind of operating at about 10% of what it was when it first came out. Yeah, I would say 90% of the time you'd use that look for a reroll of a save. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas now you're kind of thinking, like you say, it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth it, um, yeah. It, but, yeah. You know, advance and charge, um, fall back and shoot and charge, those two bits are, you know, they are still massive. Yeah, the gas, yeah, they, they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like just the base tenets of what your army needs to be able to do to function, especially in this environment. But anyway, I think right now most of those, like two of those, three of those uh, data sheet abilities are very good. What do you what do you think overall? Yes, I, I, I mean, even just like the, the re-rolls and stuff, they're still nice, uh, and it's just a nice flavorful addition to the army. Mm. Um, you know, probably four plus re-rollable was, was too strong. Five plus re-rollable doesn't really do a lot. If, if you could only could roll a four four point five on a dice, then you could. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely a nice little sweet spot there, isn't there? But yeah. you know, the the rest of it is is great, and it's it's nice, and it's thematic, and it's flavorful, and and it's fun to play as well. So I do like that. That section of the book's great. Totally, totally agree. All right, jumping into the data sheets and discussing how they are holding up in the current meta. So. On release, like I said, some of these data sheets were absolutely busted. But now I feel like the game has really accelerated past, um, you know, the, the, the lowly Harlequin troop. And even though it has been an absolute world-ender in, in metas gone by, how do you feel about those uh, they're holding up right now? Um, so I think the characters are still really, really interesting. One thing the characters sorry. don't do... What's that? Sorry, Adam. No, 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 go, go. Yeah, so the, the troop master, I think, has been affected the most... Because the other two characters, your, your DJ and your Shadow Seer, um, they didn't really rely on survivability other than mm. to stay the hell away from everything. They still do their thing. They still do damage. So I, I kind of feel like they're both still in a strong place. The Troop Master still goes in and does what he does. Um, but now he just dies. And there's, there's almost nothing you can do to keep that guy alive mm. after mm-hmm. you've, he's gone in and done what he wants to do. The solitaire is a little bit different because there's still things you can do with that that make him really survivable and tough to shift. Um, so I kind of feel in the current meta, the solitaire's got a little bit better. Um, and certainly the Death Jester and the uh, the Shadow Seer have got better. But that Troop Master guy who used to be, you know, my favourite piece in the game, um, he's just, yeah, he goes in, he literally just shoots his load, does his thing, and then it's like, right, see you later, guys. I'm going out. Yep. No. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be happy if I get to fight on death. Back, yeah. back into the red way <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, it's just, I've always found it weird that he's got five wounds. Like every other chapter level, you know, captain level character seems to have 
one more than that if they're like the chapter master or anyway it was always a thing i thought that was weird that they didn't have a sixth wound on at least the troop master if, if, if anything yeah uh, but it's okay it is what it is uh, i think like regular five troop how do you feel about that because that is the like the mainstay bulk of what an army is now yeah so they, they used to be able to to do they used to be able to go and do something um and then th- there was a good chance that you'd maybe get one or two survive but again now it's it, you've you've kind of got to switch your mindset a little bit and you mm. kind of almost assume that no matter what happens, those guys are going to go in or be somewhere I want them to be. And then they're going to die unless they're on a boat. Um, they're not going to do a, a, a massive amount. Now, when, when the codex first came out, you, you could move a boat 22 inches and the dudes on board, if you were playing light, could shoot fusion pistols and neuro pistols. Those things still do damage, but they're not able mm. to move as far. So you can't keep them as safe um, at a distance, so they're much harder to use. You can still punch as hard, they can still, you know, shoot as hard and whatever. Um, but they, they just, you, you just kind of wipe wipe them out. They're, they're going to die no matter what. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. They just, you just have to trade and trade and trade and trade and hope you have enough pieces that <laughs> when you're almost tabled, you've won on the points. Because that's that's how I see most most of Harlequins playing out at the moment. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, so turn four, I've scored mighty points, but. I've got one unit of troop left. Clean yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's weird but that, that having so few data sheets, you still see so you still see a couple not used. I mean, Sky, Skyweavers in 8th edition was just the, the jam. Um, where are they at right now? So I don't like them. Um, mm. I don't like them. I think they're, they're great for uh, behind enemy lines and the um, deadly performance because they are core. Um, so they can, they can go and kind of do... You know, jobs they score really, really well, but they're on a massive base. I mean, those things are on like a beer can size base. Yeah, yeah, and they just—they're really tough to hide. And now with the five plus symbol, um, they're, they're quite easy to shift. Well, um, I, I honestly never understood why they have the same amount of attacks as a troop when there's two troop on the bike. They've only got four attacks, and a troop on foot is four attacks. So you're not—you're not—you're paying for what one more toughness, two more wounds, but the same attacks and a. A bunch, a bunch more points, like a ludicrous amount of points. Yeah, I mean, there's fire and fades back now, so you can. Well, that's true. That's true. Use that multiple times. You can kind of do the whole pop out. I'll sh- I'll shoot, pop back in. But the the bikes are always. You kind of want to utilize the combat efficiency or mm. the board presence. And if you want to put them somewhere important, they tend to be within charge range or something. Yeah. Um, so they are that. Personally, I don't like them, um, but I have mm. seen them. A lot of people are using them as a kind of um, they're, they're kind of like a cross between a star weaver and a troop, aren't they? Um, yeah, they are. And, how many points? How many points will they run you at the moment? If so you're not top of your head, 90, 90 or ninety-five. I think they must be ninety for two. Um, that's absolute bare bones, and then you can upgrade them for yeah, which you know it's a little bit less than a star weaver, isn't it? Five points less, and they can they can go and score you your points and things. But if you kind of want them to do um, sort of damage, um, I, I really like the Shuriken Cannon and yep. uh, Star Bolas build, uh, especially in light. So you just go 22 inches, I'm going to shoot, do my stuff, seven inches fire and fade. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I've got behind enemy lines and I've got um, the uh, deadly performance. And it's like, yeah. oh, cool, I've scored six points, um, which, which is great. So I like them for that. Whereas they used to be able to kind of do that, and then you'd have to put a lot into killing them. 
Yeah. Tomorrow, it's just like, yeah, you just look at them and they're dead. Well, because yeah, I remember the days when they'd be minus, minus one to hit, sometimes minus one to wound as well, minus six inch range, three plus invulnerable save, a six off feel no pain. Um, and they were a menace. Yeah. Absolute yeah. menace. Yeah, because they've got the, the no rerolls to hit as well um, yeah. for, for combat. Um, so they're, they're still, you know, they're not too easy to shift, but they're just nowhere near as good as they were. Exactly right. Like I, I look at like a thirty point aggressor now, or a thirty three point Deathwing Terminator, and I just I just shake my head. I'm like, what is this? Is this what are we living in? Why yeah. why is this thing? I'm just I'm just quickly looking at how many points a Void Weaver was on release. So yeah, Sky Weaver has not overtly changed in points. Forty five points a model. Uh, they are on release in this book. The Void Weaver was ninety points with no upgrade, no, nothing, no upgrade points, no nothing. That was just with whatever loadout you wanted for ninety points. 90, Dear me, yeah. oh my, what a world! Uh, yeah, and, and, there's, and we're probably in, in in a land where one hundred and ten would be quite interesting. You'd see yep. them again, but yeah, they yep. just went no. Just, just now. Yeah. Well, are they still? What were they? What were they? One forty or something? One thirty now. Okay, it's, it's three ninety for three. Um, yeah, it's so much. I mean, it. Yeah, two seventy for three when they came out was oh, it was a dream, wasn't it? Um, it was. Yeah, and and they're a great little model. You know, they they kind of fulfill a role in the list as like a little shooty gunboat. Um, well, that, that they biggest, don't have anywhere else. The biggest issue I have is that Harlequins can't crack transports. Unless you're unless you're exactly susceptible to a shuriken cannon, if you're if someone's just got a bunch of devastators in a rhino, you just have to kind of let them kill some stuff. Like, yeah, especially, uh, yeah. If that, if that thing's behind a building um, where you can't see it, yeah, you, you can't get your troop up there to get the fusion pistols in. Then yeah, you've, you you like you're saying whatever's in that is going to come out and do its thing. Yeah. Um, uh, also, on fusion pistols, are you still on that train? Because I have I have played against uh, innumerable Harlequin players and just never heard of fusion pistols, mate. I know they're not going to do anything. You know they're not going to do anything. Let's go. Let's see how many points you wasted in this list. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's where having uh, five luck dice was nice as well. So yeah, there same was. fusion pistols. They're all going. Yeah. <laughs> do you think fusion pistols are still good for the army though? Um. They kind of answer a question that Harlequins struggle with because they do struggle, at, you know, the night matchup, unless you, you know, you can hurl as many shuriken cannon shots as you want at something. Um, it, they, they can be tough to shift. Fusion pistols kind of give you that little answer, mm. uh, but they are just so swingy. I think anything that is one shot, no matter how high the damage is, you know, you've got to spam it. And yeah. my, my, my sort of, the peak uh, Harlequin list was running 17, possibly 18. Yeah. That's okay because, okay, cool, I'm, I'm going to just play Law of Averages and enough of them will go through to do what I want mm. to happen. I think now it's so much harder to get them into the range where they can do things. Um, you know, there's things like transhuman is everywhere. Um, yeah. They, they're yeah. Just, yeah they, I think they're, they're, their, day is, their day is gone. Yeah, I, I I think it's passed. There there was a there was a little time there though where you just you just had to have them, especially with Armor of Contempt. You just had to have them because mm-hmm. your shooting cannons weren't doing a damn thing. You needed the models. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that is going to bring us to the end to the uh, portions of the review. Overall, I think I mean if you had to put where, where did we put them in our previous episode? I'm just going to go quickly look at our last episode and see where we ranked um, Harlequins. Like what um. What tier we ranked? I mean, because the, the episode before this, because um, we're actually recording this before that episode comes out, was a stats episode with uh, me and the Falcon. Oh, nice! If you 
if you've uh, if you've uh, listened in, where do you think they're going to end up? Like, what tier are they in? Hmm. Um. Uh, B. So this is purely based on <laughs> statistics on how often they're played, how often they make the the top uh, the top rankings, and they are currently in. They're currently in B tier. They are the second lowest in B tier. There you go. There you go. The, the, and they'll still get a nerf in the in the upcoming <laughs> Something will happen. They yeah. can't be like you said, the box must must be ticked. They yeah, can't absolutely. hit send on the data slate until Harlequins have been messed with. <laughs> yeah, get rid of something. Shuriken cannons, damage one, the two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to damage one. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's going to finish us off for this part of the episode. Um, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anybody else you wanted to mention or shout out before we sign off? No, no, mate. Um, just just a big uh, shout out to listeners in general. Really, thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, jump onto Vanguard Tactics if you are in England and you play. Please come up and talk to anybody in Team England. Um, we really want to sort of take on new players, get some lots of different list ideas and things. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Fabulous. Thanks so much again for coming on. I look forward to seeing uh, anybody out there who can uh, produce some good results with the Mono Harlequins because I agree with you what we said. Literally one of the first things we said was we think the best way to take them now is to take some traveling players along with your Hail of Doom or Wolfway or Masterful Shots, Swift Strikes, yeah? Yeah, absolutely right. We will unpack that more in part two where we have a slew of listener and patron questions. If you want to join in on any of that, go over to Artipore down under over on Patreon, sign up and get involved. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.